you want to start? Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. That's what we're doing. Yeah. This is a new project. Uh, this is Badruddin. My name Assalamu is alaikum. My name is Talha. And um, we're starting this new project called The College Muslim. And this is our first official episode. And our goal essentially is to highlight and show the experience that high school and college students go through while they're growing up in a primarily non-dominant Muslim society. And we're not here to give you advice on how to live your life and how to go about and do things. Um, we think there's plenty of resources for that. What we're actually here to do is just share our story and kind of show you that a lot of the things that you may be going through is exactly what we've gone through in our past and what we're still currently going through. So um, with that, I guess we'll give a little introduction of ourselves and then we'll move on from there. So uh, my name is Talha. I am a sophomore at USC studying computer science. Um, I was born in a Muslim family. I'm from Pakistan. Uh, I grew up in LA my entire life, went to a public and public middle and elementary school ended up going to a private high school and now I'm at USC. So I've had a wide range of experiences and that's led to a lot of interesting um, situations. <laughs> but um, <laughs> We'll go through those. And um, yeah, with that, I'll let Badr Deen um, uh, introduce himself. For sure. Yeah. Asalaamu Alaikum. My name is Badr Deen. Uh, I go to USC as well. Um, I'm studying quantitative biology on the pre-med track, inshallah. Um, I guess I grew up in many places. I was born in Wisconsin, moved to North Carolina, moved to Oregon, moved to now, now in California. We talk a lot about like my different experiences, like where growing up and how that's changed me. I was also grown, grew up in a Muslim family. Uh, my family's from India. Um, that's pretty much who I am. Uh, coming from like Wisconsin, I've always lived in like different predominant racial backgrounds. I think what's something that me and Dal have talked about a lot is like how like the different racial backgrounds that I've grown up in have contributed to, I guess, like my sort of the viewpoints and things that I have. Alhamdulillah, I grew up in a strong Muslim family. My mom and my dad, they both encouraged me to uh, pursue the study of Islam and learn more about it. And it's something that I've always loved to pursue. And with this podcast, I hope to bring some sort of like my experiences in my life and just talk about what's happened. Inshallah. Yeah. All right, that's it. We're done for today. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so today's topic is one of... Many topics. Interesting topic. Yeah, it is an interesting topic. And um, we're starting with this because we feel like there isn't a single soul who has been untouched by this. Mm -hmm. um, at least if you live in America or a place like the UK, this Absolutely. is just something you have to go through. And this is something every yeah. Muslim will face at some point in their um, high school, college, or post-college uh, yeah. career. And honestly, like it's getting younger. Like Middle schoolers are getting exposed Exactly, to that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, sure. so what we're going to talk about today is the prevalence of drinking, drug usage, and... Uh, Smoking, which is part of drug usage. It's a drug. Which so. is part of drug usage. And we're going to be starting with those three things and kind of just talking about what exactly has happened to us in our past and what, you know, you may be going through and to show you that you're not completely alone. Absolutely. So first things first, uh, when were you first exposed with, uh, with drinking? Drinking, okay. I mean, I grew up watching a lot of TV and movies. I think... I. I just love like film. It's something that I, that's how I like learned English. That's how I like learned like what the world around me was um, as a young kid. So drinking, obviously it shows up not as much in like little kid shows, but I guess more moving into middle school. Like you said, like middle school is, it's yeah, around yeah. the time when people understand what drinking actually is and what alcohol is and things like that. Mm. So like, obviously you probably already saw it too. Like when you're going to middle school, like people knew what drinking was maybe like in our generation or like your generation, or my generation, yeah. like people didn't drink as much in middle school or there are very few people that did do it. But I think my first, ex my first encounter drinking was through TV. You know, there's always like that, that drunk dude in like 
in the, in the TV show that like everyone makes fun yeah, of, yeah, yeah. kind of like that. Yeah, like, and like then you realize that's like half like, like half America. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's just it's it's an interesting experience learning about like what alcohol actually is, mm. but it's like. I guess that's like that's when I knew what it was. Um, obviously, my my parents like told me about it uh, like way before that thing. Like when I was younger, they'd always be yeah. like, uh, like shut up is like thing. Like it's a yeah, bad thing, yeah. yeah, it's a bad thing. So like we always we, we all learned that shut up alcohol, which is like the word in our language, like Urdu Hindi, like that yeah. language. Like we always knew that like it was a bad thing. Um, they talk about like people in India who'd be doing it and stuff like that, and how that like that was a bad thing. You should stay away from it. So that was always ingrained in me. Yeah, but I don't think like I saw other people do it until I got to like high school, maybe. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like we. I feel like a lot of Muslim students or kids, honestly, and mostly students yeah. grow up um, hearing that's a bad thing and like to stay away from it. And it's so ingrained in us that even yeah. when we get like and face that problem, like I remember like the yeah. first time being exposed to it in high school and it had just been drilled into my head. I mm-hmm. didn't really know why, Same. but there was like this like feeling of like, I feel guilty if I was to even go to a place where alcohol was served. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And so like, I'm not sure about you, but like in my personal opinion, staying away from it wasn't too difficult because it was ingrained in my head now mm-hmm. I'm, i know that's different for a lot of people actually absolutely and yeah. um we can all agree like that the temptations of this world you know are like subhanallah yeah they're hard to like resist yeah. and so um for me i think the biggest danger was actually being friends with people who would peer pressure you into it mm. i don't think it's right mm-hmm. to ever judge other people on like whether or not they drink or not um but an influence from the outside can always like force you over the edge yeah I think developing that personal, like, what what do I really feel about? What do I feel about other people who do do it? That yeah. that's a process. I think that that started as early as middle school. Like I said, like, like learning about like people who were drinking. I, I always knew that okay, drinking was bad. Drinking is haram. Mm. And then I guess like once I mean in middle school was when I kind of got into Islamic theology and learning about like the reasons why we do things. Mm-hmm. So like why haram is haram, why halal is halal. Um, that's when I like, obviously like I, my mom would introduce me to like Hadith and Quranic verses that talked about how intoxication and there's all, there's a whole story. Um, if y'all know about it, about in Medina or, or I forgot it was my like, deck. I'm not, I'm not a shiuch, So obviously I can't like, I can't comment like exactly like the validity of these things, but uh, talking about how like when, when revelation came down, that drinking was haram now that like everyone like threw out their um, alcohol and things like that. So uh, obviously these stories, like obviously off the top of my head, this isn't like authentic or anything. Like mm. I'm just trying to like, talk about the different hadith and the different quranic texts and stories that i've heard throughout my life mm. um so recounting that that i i knew that since middle school like middle school i knew that uh and so i knew the reasons why i was staying in front away from alcohol i knew the reasons why uh i was staying away from even things like in, intoxicants in general mm. but going into high school i for me it was pretty easy just because i i didn't really like obviously i had friends but i didn't have like friends like i wasn't that popular in sure. high school so i mean I was, you're still not that popular <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay bro okay, okay. <laughs> but anyway um i guess i mean i wasn't like the, the, the like the super popular crowd sure. back in high school so I, I didn't really like have access to like that that area where like people go out and party and drink and things like that yeah. so i mean I, I don't know if your experiences may have been different because you're obviously so much more popular than i am oh, but okay shocks man <laughs> no um i think it was i think it was similar i think Either way, you're going to get exposed to it. Yeah. Okay. So it doesn't matter if you go to a public school, if you go to a private mm-hmm. school, if you are a Muslim in America and you're a teenager, yeah. you are going to get exposed to the concepts of drug usage. We'll probably tell you that he went to a private high school and to a public high school. So there's a little bit of difference, but even then, like you're, like you said, like pretty similar. Yeah. And again, like it doesn't matter where you go, you're yeah. going to be exposed to the same thing. So if you go to a public sure. high school, private high school, if, even if you're homeschooled, eventually mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. day yeah. you're going to be exposed to the concepts of drug usage, of drinking, of smoking. Yeah. And as a Muslim teenager or a Muslim, you know, preteen in America, 
those are just things that are in our religion are inherently something we should not be doing. And um, so it's staying away from it is not going to be easy. And I think now we're going to dive into exactly what are some of the ways we were able to stay from yeah. it, away from it and how we were able to cope with maybe a society or um, a situation where there were a lot of that going on around us. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, cl- I clearly have the first rendition. Like I remember <laughs> the first time. So I, I played a sport in high school and obviously within sports, these things are kind of popular. Yeah. So um, I played, I played football and in my sophomore year, got invited to my first party and you know, one fact was my parents would never let me go to a party. So I mean, <laughs> gotcha. I didn't have much to worry about. Right. But at the same time, um, I felt like this desire, like your nuffs, right? Pulling you towards just trying something new because it's fun. And all my friends were doing it and my football team was doing it. At the time, I didn't know how to control that. And I promise you, the only reason I didn't go to that party was because my parents would never let me go. I didn't have my own car. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the first time I really got pulled in that direction. And I got lucky. My physical like situation didn't let me actually go. Mm-hmm. But I will be completely honest, like, I fell for it, Yeah. right? Yeah. So I'm not sure what your first experience with that was, but I definitely, like, succumbed to it and, you know, gave in in that manner. Actually, now that you mention it, I think that's that's something that kind of, like, slipped my mind. But I think, yeah, I, like, when I when I started playing, so I played, I also played a sport in high school. I played volleyball, but, like, it was West Coast boys volleyball, so it's a pretty big deal on the West Coast here. So when I was in, when I was part of the team, I didn't, I don't think I got, like, invited to anything, but, like, just... Being being involved in sports, I was exposed to people who were drinking, people who weren't going into these sort of situations. And I guess as I got older, I think it was around junior year of high school, or maybe like end of sophomore year, like yes, invitations would come sometimes and I would have to say no. But at the same time, like you said, like there's still that that Shaitan is always in the back of your head, yeah, man. Shaitan's yeah. always in the back of your head. He's always there. You just it's like you never you can't stop the feeling. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And sometimes you're just like what if, what if I did? What if I did? What, 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 what exactly would happen if yeah. I did, you know? Like, what if I did? What if I went there? Okay, maybe I didn't drink. I just hung out with people, you know? Focusing on drinking. I think just going there, like, it's always straight on the back of the thing. Okay, just go there. Don't drink. Just go there. Don't drink. And that's when I have to remind myself of another thing, which is like going near haram is still haram. And that's something that my parents always ingrained in my head. Mm-hmm. And something that my mom was brought up to me. It's like going near haram is still haram. Like, that's why when you talk about like, like zina, like the sin of zina, like obviously there's like things like, different things but at the same time like just being in a place where like say you're alone with a woman in a room like that's going near haram and even I mean, obviously that that's still haram in and of itself but that's a whole other topic for another day but what i'm saying is like like just going into say a bar like i i know I'll, especially coming to college a lot of my friends who are professionals they talk about how you know when when you're working you go to like business meetings you go like people will hit up the bar after work mm-hmm. obviously I, I, i'm not working so i wouldn't know maybe you do know but like people will go to the bar after work like non-muslims there's always that that feeling like if I if I do go, then I'll be involved in the conversation. If there's any big decisions that are being made, there's things like that. Sure. But if I don't go, then am I being excluded out of the work culture? So let me. Okay, so you're basically making the case in point that being close to it is close enough and you know bad in a sense because yeah. it inherently itself doing the sin is wrong. But being close to it is also a danger. Also, yeah. Okay. I mean, so what do you what do you what do you suggest mm-hmm. that you know? People, because we're entering the professional world right now. It's always a hot topic, yeah. Right? For sure. And so, like, in high school and college, I mean, mostly in high school, you had a, a limit. Like, yeah. you, you had a car that your parents would give you, if, if you even had a car. I didn't have a car, but yeah. <laughs> My point, exactly. <laughs> exactly. There's limiting factors as to, like, what's possible. Mm. We're now in college. 
Yeah. We're exposed to it a ton. But so much more freedom. Yeah. Say, for example, this party's going on and you say no. Okay, great. You said no because you don't see any value or benefit. That's the way I approach these in, gotcha. in college. I just realized there's no value and benefit in going and committing what is a sin for us. And honestly, like I don't hear too many happy like days that happen after <laughs> drinking. So it's like, really, Man. what exactly are you going there for? Yeah. But um so you how do you what do you think is gonna happen when we enter this professional realm? Mm. Where, you know, if you're a motivated and you're, you know, a very ambitious person, you're yeah. going to want to capitalize in every area, even if that means sucking up to your boss. Exactly. At a bar. That's always something I worry about. That's always something I worry about. Like, obviously, I'm still in college. So I don't have to worry about it for like, I'm, I'm a freshman. So I, don't, I still have like three more years before that. Yeah. Like, a couple of years before that. Even like, if, inshallah, I do get into medical school. Even in medical school, I've heard of like people going out to bars after after rotations or after class or things like that. That's always something I worry about. Like, what am I going to do in that situation? Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, like right now, I can tell myself, yeah, I would never go to a bar. Mm -hmm. But I think like, and obviously, inshallah, like I, I, I hope that I, I never do that as well. Like that's mm -hmm. what I'm, that's what, that's what my goal is. But there's always going to be like, a shaitan's always going to be in the back of your head. Like that peer pressure is going to mm -hmm. always going to come in where like, if I do go, there's benefits, professional benefits that I can reap from that. And I always have to remind myself that like professional benefits, professional gain money that doesn't come from a person. It never comes from a person. It comes from a law. Your risk is written for you. Like if you go to a bar and suck up to your boss, maybe you get a raise, maybe you get another project, mm. but that project isn't being given to you by your boss. That project's coming from Allah. And if Allah wants your boss to give you that project, he'll give it to you. There's nothing in the way that'll stop Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from giving that project to you or giving that pay raise to you through your boss other than you, other than your actions. That's what I think. Just mic drop. For real, for <laughs> yeah, real, bro. That was, for real. No, no. That's what I'm saying. That, actually, that makes a lot of sense. Um, we have that whole concept of tawakkul. Exactly. Right? And that's faith in Allah. Absolutely. And yeah. so there is no need to do a sin no. for a gain because what is going to be best for you is going to happen through a life that you fill with pious methods. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So if you fill your life, so basically you're saying if you fill your life with pious method, methods, then your life in the career as well will improve. Mm -hmm. I actually agree with that a lot. Yeah. yeah. No, exactly. I agree with that. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, I mean, you could both know this. When we start our days as college mm -hmm. students with a fudger prayer, where yeah. we don't miss it, where we wake up and do it. Inshallah. Yeah. <laughs> as many times as you can as many times as many times it's okay if you miss the fudger prayer because it's not okay it's not okay it's not okay but go for it don't beat yourself up don't beat don't yourself up because college is a lot like we're not denying that like even high school is a lot so give yourself the ability to forgive but strive for the best quick note so yesterday actually this is this is a really good note yeah. literally yesterday on saturday um during my uh week cohort which is this msa west thing that i was being part of we had um our reconnecting with quran session mm -hmm. and the teacher was talking about the first three verses of Surah Al-Fatiha mm. or three, three verses, two verses in Bismillah. So Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. So, or Maliki Yawmidin. So first three ayahs, so yeah, first three ayahs. Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, Maliki Yawmidin. So she talks about, um, the teacher's talking about how, like we start off with ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, which is the most beneficent, like the, the mercy of Allah. That, that's pretty much what that, what that verse encompasses. Mm. And we go to Maliki Yawmidin which is Yom Adin is the day of judgment. Mm. So there's judgment and there's Rahmah. And we always have to balance both, but we also can't put blocks on ourselves. And that, that was the one thing she was driving. Like the blocks that you put from receiving the mercy of, the mercy and Rahmah of Allah and the accountability and the punishment of, all, of Allah, like the, the accountability and mercy that, that are stopping Allah from giving to you, you put blocks on that. So saying, so say you don't, you don't, uh, you miss Fajr prayer. You have put your block on the accountability of Allah that will come on the day of judgment. Mm. The rewards that you can get from Fajr prayer, you are blocking yourself from receiving those rewards by not praying Fajr. 
but you're also putting a block on the mercy of Allah by saying, I'm never going to be forgiven for it. Right. I'm never, you cannot beat yourself up. And Mm -hmm. that, that was, dude, that was mind blowing yesterday. Like when I heard it, that was mind blowing. I was just like, wow. Like I like, yes, sinning is wrong. Sinning, sinning will block you from receiving the, the accountability and the rewards that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give you on the day of judgment Mm. on Yom Al-Qiyamah. But beating yourself up will also stop you from receiving our Rahman and Rahim. SubhanAllah. SubhanAllah. Yeah. yeah. And that comes back to the whole concept of like drinking and smoking, right? Exactly. So it's never okay to sin. Never. It's, it's, still, it's, it's still something that we have to avoid to our best ability. Yeah. But it's actually a case that I hear a lot of people who aren't Muslim, like my friends who are like Catholic or Jewish or agnostic or atheist. Yeah. They talk about, they're like, so basically if you break this rule, you're going to hell. Yeah. But we also know the very first thing we learn as little kids is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most merciful. Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, so yeah. how can you say, hey, you're going to say you're going to drink mm-hmm. and you, you know, you were in high school, you indulged in something that you weren't supposed to. And yeah. that was a mistake and you can acknowledge it as a mistake. Yeah. But how are you going to say, because of that sin, I'm not going to hell. Mm. And I think a lot of our like culture nowadays, like Absolutely. I'm talking about like the Islamic culture not the religion. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the, yeah. this is a big difference. This is a big yeah. difference. Like culture and religion. That's it's. I think it's gonna be something that we're gonna talk about a lot on this podcast. We've, culture and religion. Man. It should be a whole topic, like for one video. Honestly, honestly, yeah. yeah, inshallah. But so the culture now has become, hey, you sin, that's it, game over. Yeah. But we're still the fundamentals we're taught is most merciful. Exactly. So I don't think we're actually taught to connect the two, so that our ambition is to strive for the best. But if you make a mistake, we have the ability to forgive mm-hmm. ourselves. Absolutely. This is ourselves. Yeah. So. Yeah, so I mean, um, without forgiving ourselves, but asking for, but like, re- first of all, not beating yourself not up. Into beating yourself, that's what yeah. I mean. So, like, by forgive, I meant like, yeah, yeah. You don't beat, yeah, yourself, don't beat yourself up, and then yeah. ask for forgiveness. And inshallah, if you are sincere in your in your repentance, Allah will forgive you. And mm. have that hope, have that tawakkul, and have that trust in Allah that Allah will forgive you if you are sincere in your efforts going forward. Mm. I think that's that's something that people don't recognize that like. There needs to be sincerity, but at the same time, like you need to realize that there is a path. I think people like, like I was saying that like, people block off that path. Sometimes I myself do it to, me, to myself. Sometimes so I'm, I block off that path. If I mess up, I'll block off that path and be like, no, this is, this is sin. It's going in my record. I'm never going to get it out. It. Yeah. You can never say that to yourself. You can never beat yourself up to the point where you feel like there is no path out. There's always a way out. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has more. Rah- okay. So this is also another thing I learned about yesterday. If you take all the Rahmah that is ever there, um, and you split it up into ninety into hundred parts. That one part is a rahmah that is placed for that is placed that's distributed amongst every single being on earth, mm. every single being ever created. That like you could think of the most most forgiving person you ever you ever know in your life, or the most forgiving person I ever know in my life, and combine those two, combine everyone's your mercy, my mercy that we have for other people, combine all that. That's one part. The ninety parts are with Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. And if you think that like if 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 your boss can forgive you for being late to a meeting, you don't think Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala can forgive you for something like that? Yeah. 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 Why are you going to doubt the power? Yeah. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And like, owns. it's, it, it's so wrong to believe that like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala de- will never forgive you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My, okay. My mind just got blown too. Like, you know, I haven't heard it from that perspective. Yeah. When I heard it yesterday, man, that was crazy. That's been crazy. Yeah. I actually attach what, uh, what Brother Dean's talking about when it comes to the Therabia cohort and all that stuff um, and MSA West. So if you are in college or if you're going to go to college, especially on the, um, on the West, West Coast. Coast yeah. Um, there's probably something on the East Coast and every coast or yeah. every place on for like this, but for the West Coast anyway. The there's ones. an umbrella organization like for the MSA USA. And then yeah. in these organizations, there's like MSA West, MSA East, et cetera. Yeah. So um, 
yeah, I'll attach the link down below. And so you guys can check that out if you're interested in being sure. a part of something like that in college, especially if you're on the West Coast or going to school like USC, UCLA, mm-hmm. UC Davis. Um, yeah. Okay. So coming back to it. Yeah. So say, okay, so our personal experience, let's go to our personal experience in college. We kind of talked about in high school, yeah. what we went through and that first exposure. And I think in high school, it was a lot of like first exposures. Oh, I, yeah. I wouldn't say it was um, a gradual, I mean, it's just you're exposed to it in such different methods and yeah. ways, right? Yeah. I knew a kid who brought I'll call it to school. Yeah. Right. No, same. Yeah. So it's like, that's one way of being exposed to it. And the other way is being invited to a party. And yeah. other way is just running into it. Another way is being really close friends with someone and just realizing, Oh, this person's family drinks wine on the Saturdays. Right. So that's still alcohol, but it's not, um, it's not the same as drinking a, at a rager at a party. Yeah. Right. So there's different ways of getting exposed to it. Now we enter college. Mm. All right. We are now have freedom or, you know, a lot of students who enter college have freedom, yeah. right? Because you're away from the family. You can either be in a dorm room or apartments. We're currently filming in an apartment. This is what we're making use of our time with. But, um, <laughs> now you're exposed to stuff with zero bounds. There's yeah. nothing stopping you from nothing. walking down the street. Nothing. Yeah. So what stops you? <laughs> like, what What stops you? Man, what stops you? What stops you? Such a big thing to think about. I think, first of all, growing up in a sheltered environment with our parents that protected us, or I mean, at least my parents, I, I can't speak for everyone, but like my parents, Alhamdulillah, they protected me from from being in situations where this would have been possible, where I would have known about alcohol. I think, you know how like when we register, we have to like do that little module about alcohol? Yeah, about alcohol yeah. safety. Yeah, alcohol and, and safety. Stuff, yeah. yeah. So when I was doing it, I realized I know nothing. I know nothing about like <laughs> how much a shot, like how much content of alcohol is in a shot or like a cup or like, like, or, or like the cup markings on a, on a soda. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I knew nothing about that. And I was learning so much. And I, at that point I was like, subhanAllah, like I'm, I'm so grateful for my parents for keeping me in a sheltered environment where mm-hmm. I didn't have to know so much. Cause I, I know a bunch of Muslim, bunch of Muslim friends who know everything about this mm. and because they've been in, in environments and they've been in situations, people people that they surround themselves with that's what it comes down to the people that they surrounded themselves with were people that were Im- immersed in in these environments like you said like like you could have a friend whose parents maybe drink wine on on the weekends or sure. i had friends in high school who have tasted wine before because their parents let them okay maybe like a sip out of the cup on like thanksgiving dinner or something mm. like things like that like i think versus people who go to parties mm. people who are like involved in like sports such as like football like big sports where like there's concert parties and ragers and things like that. Like I, I was never exposed to that. Alhamdulillah. That's why I, I don't know as much. And I, I, that's why that, that's what stops me from like going down, going down the so, street or going down. So you feel somewhere. as because you, you know, had this like ingrained in you and that's just who you were. It stopped you from, there is like a deep part of you that just is, it's a root part of you. Initially. I, th- I think, I think the initial, like when I first came to college, that's what stopped me. Okay. But then afterwards, like after like, obviously things break things beat you down like yeah, grades yeah. and things like you you get into a state where it's like why do i even care anymore yeah at that point you have to like go back and realize that like go back to the root of it and realize like i'm a muslim mm-hmm. that's the first thing that's where it comes from i think i think first of all like we, we we're all muslim we all some like we all try to pray five times a day uh, at least i uh, inshallah or uh, try, i try i try to pray five times a day and i make my best efforts um may allah grant me the strength to do that but i think like there's still people who maybe pray five times a day maybe they pray Jumu'ah, maybe they do something but it's that you have to, I guess, be cognizant of the fact like I am Muslim. Mm. There is an inherent part of me that wants to fu- that wants to fulfill Allah's commands. So, I, and this life is temporary. I feel like that's the one. That. Yeah, I feel like that's the one commonality that me and you have. Again, I can't speak for anyone else. Yeah, absolutely. But I had a different experience. So, like when I had that alcohol test, I knew everything. Uh-huh. Okay, and that's not because I ever drank alcohol, yeah, but yeah, I was gotcha. like 
I had a tough time through high school when it mm-hmm. comes to Islam. Sure. And so regardless of what my parents ingrained, certain things were ingrained so deeply yeah. that I would feel guilt no matter what. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, a lot of the things that I should have felt guilty about with Allah watching, I yeah. didn't, uh, watching, yeah. I didn't really feel. Yeah. And that only came in light when I came into college. Okay. Yeah. So while I feel like as a Muslim, they tell, you, you know, your kids, you know, a lot of Muslims going to college, the cliche is, hey, go to college, stay away from this because it's a sin, it's bad for you. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're emphasizing enough that there is this deep spiritual connection that you have to make with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you want to stay away from the ever so tempting desires <laughs> of the dunya. Yeah. And there's, and the, that's the only way, like in my personal opinion, the only way you can do that, because there will never be eyes on you all the time. Yeah. You will be alone. Mm-hmm. There will be opportunities for you to do things that might grant you temporary pleasure or even pleasure for the rest of your life on this earth. Like mm-hmm. I know people who have gone down that path and have had a great life on this earth. Yeah. Whether or not that guarantees their afterlife is a different thing. Mm-hmm. But so with that, though, I think the only, the person, my personal opinion, this is something I'm growing through right now as yeah. well, right? Like this is we're, we're both, you're a freshman, I'm a sophomore. Yeah. Like we, we have just started our college <laughs> exactly. journey. So, but it is something that I stay, have to stay cognizant of that I am Muslim. I have a connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. My prophet is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa And these are the things that I follow. And if no one else is watching me, their eyes are on me. Yeah. And, you know, I'm going to be, that is what, those are the moments when I will be judged later on in life. Mm-hmm. It won't be when my mom and dad held me back. Yeah. That is a good deed that they were doing for me. Yeah. Right. But when I can have my own self-discipline control, and that's what we call self-discipline motivation in the dunya and what we controlling our nafs. Yeah. That's really just your, uh, the concept of the ruh, which is like the soul, the right. Yeah. Being more powerful than your nafs. Right. And um, so I think a deep connection is needed and you have to foster that deep connection. Absolutely. I think, making that connection is something that takes people time and like i like there, there's so many things so many aspects of things that you need to be doing as a muslim that people will be like i don't have a connection yet so that's why i'm not doing it but also i think realizing that like making those steps will bring you closer to it you gotta work on it you gotta work on it's it. it's not overnight yeah and there's yeah. Th- there's millions of like hadith and like uh i think i'm not sure if it's a hadith or a quranic uh like from something like the quran but there's there's things like how um like if you if you make one step towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he makes two steps towards you. Or I, I don't know if that's exact like numbers or yeah. not, but like like along those like the, the more effort you put in, Allah will put in even more effort than that. Yeah, I think that's an Islamic saying. So yeah. the Islamic saying goes, if you make one step towards me, um, I'll make two steps for you. If you make two steps for me, I will like run to you yeah. or something. Something like that. Yeah, along and those lines. Yeah, it's definitely not a, yeah, it's not a we're gonna say right now, it's not a chronic verse. Yeah, you know, I'm looking for I'm pretty sure that's an Islamic saying. Yeah. Um whether it's a hadith or something like that. But um I will also link that down below as a official text where it came from but um yeah so it's all about faith and it's all about the trust we put in again it's a day-by-day thing also the other thing i think we all like i myself need to constantly tell myself is that Mm. this world is temporary and that this world um another quran text or hadith i can't really recall on the top of my head but that this world is a prison for the believer and a paradise for the sinner Mm, like that this world is a prison so every time you feel like life sucks realize that like life's supposed to suck and there's also another thing, um, I think this is regarding, um, I, I can't remember, but I, I remember how like uh, that this world, that the, the best of people are the ones that are tested the most. Mm-hmm. That this world isn't supposed to be easy. 
And I feel like that's something that we all forget. We all forget all the time. Like, why is my life so hard? Why is this happening? Why are my grades so bad? Why, why do, why am I not getting enough sleep? Why do I have so much to do? Mm. That's what life's supposed to be. That's what life is. Life is supposed to be hard. You're supposed to work at life. Like, yes. And also, but also combine that with um, the fact that Allah never tests anyone more than they can handle. So whatever you're going through, Allah's giving it to you because he knows you can handle it. And you not, now you need to believe in yourself that you can handle it. Yeah. And actually, let me add to that. I yeah. was told this also is when we're saying that saying or that cliche, like that is something that you hear a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't exactly mean you have to handle it alone. If oh, that yeah. makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's Allah will, Allah SWT will give you what you can handle does not mean you have to handle it alone. Mm-hmm. Right. And Allah knows that too. He knows, he, he knows, he knows, he knows the people that are around you and gives uh-huh. you, gives you the amount to bear that you can bear with the support of others and with the support of whoever Allah has written for you to gain support from. Yeah. And that's like the second thing we can go to. So the first thing is you need a strong connection and that strong connection will help you throughout college yeah. um, to avoid sins like, you know, drinking and smoking, et cetera. Yeah. Um, the second thing that you can do is surround yourself with those right people. Exactly. Right. So exactly. like for us, I mean, we met in the uh, USC, um, MSU. MSU. Yeah. Um, why they don't call it an MSA. I don't know, but you know, <laughs> MSU. So, we met there and we have like a decent community there. And, um, you know, we all got to know each other. We have a faith and trust in each other. And we can come back to that room, that prayer room that we have. And that is our communal space. Like that is like, it's like, it's like an anchor point. It's, 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 it's where like you, you'll leave for the day. You'll go to your class or you'll meet other people. You'll interact with non-Muslims. But like at some point in the day or sometime in the week, you'll come back and you'll have that anchor to the people who can relate to you and who understand you and know the reasons why you do things, why you leave the li- why you lead the life that you lead. They know that. And because they're also trying to lead that life that. And then we're allowed to bring up problems there and like why our thoughts Absolutely. And also we like discuss the reason this is coming out of, this is coming out of the fact that we had those exactly. conversations last semester. Exactly. Um, so surrounding yourself with those people and developing that community. Absolutely. And while that's harder in high school and I completely agree it's harder in high school. There's like, <sighs> I don't know how many like MSAs in high schools, like, there are very few very 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 few few. yeah and so in college that's easier and the brilliant thing is islam is still one of the most popular religions on the earth like on the planet like you there are muslims out there i promise you you have to put in the effort just as much as you would put in the effort to connect with allah subhanahu spiritually you also have to put in the effort to form these connections but once you make them it would help you out as well. Absolutely. And um that is also something i feel like can help um keep you um away and avoid making Uh um, certain mistakes yeah you know um yeah and those are like the two primary things that i think are helping me right now like personally like i think you know that's that connection and having the people around me who are giving me the insight and giving me the clarity i need to stay away from those things yeah um mashallah yeah that that like you took words out of my mouth like that having a group of people and the people that surround you like they are the ones who will define the life that you lead the people mm. that just surround yourself are the ones that will define the life that you lead. And if you surround yourself with people who are like drinking, who are smoking, who are doing things that you don't want to be doing, regardless of however much tawakkul or however much connection you have to Allah or however much inner strength that you have, you're going to slip up. And like that, that's not a certainty, but it's it's a, it's a high likelihood. It's a, it's a high likelihood that you'll slip up because if you put yourself in those situations, you're not, you're, there's going to be a point. There's going to be a time when your whole life, when everything else in your life is going wrong. And this one thing that you feel is quote unquote going right, mm. that you're going to feel like, okay, this is the one, this is my place to push in, go yeah. in, drink, give in. But if you, if you surround yourself with people who don't want to do that, then even when everything else in your life is going wrong, you'll turn to those people and you'll do right. Because that's, that's, that's the part of the, that's the part of your life that you want to do. Mm-hmm. 
that makes sense. No, no, it does. It <laughs> does. Because it's kind of like, it's this whole other concept of why not to drink from a non-religious standpoint is, yeah. first of all, drinking, smoking, drugs are bad for you. Like scientifically yeah. bad for you. Yeah. There's a reason why Americans poured so much money behind a cigarette campaign to stop cigarettes. Exactly. Like, it was something that was so common back in like 1900s, yeah. right? So it's bad for you, period, from a scientific standpoint. And also, like, there's the whole, like, rulings and different fatwas that say that it's, like, makhruh uh, and things like that. But at the same time, realize that, like, a lot of, like, as, as far as far as the research that, I, that I've done, obviously, this isn't, like, this isn't extensive research. This isn't, like, I haven't, like, scoured the internet and I haven't, like, done, like, a thesis on this or anything. But, like, from what I, from what I can gather from, like, my experiences and everything, it's that, like, back in the day when we didn't have all the scientific information on smoking, mm. like, trust me, like, there was, I'm sure that, like, back, like, a, a few years ago, like, smoking was considered okay like it yeah it was i mean it was yeah, it was it was, it was, it was one of the biggest cigarette brands yeah and when you know the uh, uh, west was being expanded to and during that like after that time up till now maybe a couple years ago like yeah. cigarettes were a common thing there's a reason why we're seeing less exactly. of a usage or usage of around them yeah right there's a reason why you know vaping is a different topic but why were vapes invented in the first place mm. was to Tone people back off cigarettes. Exactly. Why invent something like that if cigarettes weren't bad? Exactly. From a yeah. scientific standpoint. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Like the in I think also people have to realize that the scientific research around cigarettes, it's relatively new. Like it's like back some somewhere in the nineteen hundreds or I think late eighteen hundreds, probably nineteen hundreds if I if I'm if I'm correct. Yeah. Before that, everyone thought cigarettes were fine. Like yes, pe- people who were smoking who were smoking cigarettes were dying, but at the same time, like they didn't have they didn't have the research to check for lung cancer and things like that. And that's the crazy thing is like the Quran predicted that way back when yeah right yeah. so that's like the miracle of itself like those things some of those things most of those things still stand yeah like and that's why the whole like makhru and things and people talking about how like oh like smoking cigarettes is like it's not haram it's just disliked mm. also realize like i'm like obviously i don't know but what i'm assuming is that back then when when people were saying that was makhru is that they didn't realize the negative health effects of it but now we know we know that smoking cigarettes is literally like it's equivalent to committing suicide at like a very very slow rate yeah you are literally killing your body and killing your body hurting yourself with your own hands is haram like yeah. that that we know for sure is haram like hurting yourself with with your own facilities and with your own capabilities is haram yeah so smoking cigarettes is by transit property is haram okay so let's like let's tone back now to how to stay away from yeah, that okay, right okay yeah. so you identified that absolutely thing, yeah, right yeah. even for your health yeah okay so we talked about the spiritual part Making connection with Allah, so that you will feel the inner desire to stay away from it. You'll be happy yeah. when you do. Um, second thing is surrounding yourself with the good people, like yeah. surrounding yourself with friends and family and people who will support you and listen to you when you are facing these kind of temptations. Mm-hmm. Um, third thing is we've identified that there's scientifically, like there's problems yeah. with a lot of these things. Um, that's not our podcast goal, so we're not going <laughs> to dive into that. That you can go to any other podcast called "Drinking is Not Good for You" or "Smoking is Not Good for You," and I promise <laughs> you, you'll find them. Um, and so the fifth thing that I wanted to address mm-hmm. um, on how to stay like relatively away from this, which I'm currently now blanking out on <laughs> because I started it and then we went into this other thing. <laughs> my bad. Um, <laughs> I was going to say it was the fifth, um, a fifth idea on how to like help yourself stay away from these kind of temptations uh-huh. is view it from a non-religious perspective. Yeah. Okay. So one non-religious perspective is the whole health concern. Mm-hmm. I think this has helped me personally. The second thing is viewing it from perspective of when life is good these things aren't going to be bad for you yeah when life is bad these things will be <laughs> that's when it gets terrible yeah. for you so when you're in college you're protected by going to college you're a student you have lots of friends um most of you who are going to college will have um coming are coming from a 
background where you have a family and you have people to help support you and well, not everyone but yeah for not the most everyone part. but yeah. i'm talking about majority like obviously everyone's a certain case certain yeah. case but from my experience most college students are have yeah. a um, family or someone behind support them. System. support system they have a support system you're not always going to have a support system and there will be a point in time in life where you're going to have to rely on yourself yeah. and so when you're in college and you slip up, maybe you accidentally drank too much, the campus police might come and help you out. Yeah. They're going to like help you out. They're going to, you know, there might be, and there's still problems in college. We, maybe. Yeah. I mean, at USC, we have a bunch of these like problems with fraternities, <laughs> but if you view it from a perspective of, if I get into this, it's good. while my well, life last. is good. But yeah. say you go into a, uh, um, a place after college and you know, life's kind of rough. You're not in the career you want. You're not making as much as you want, you know, you got rejected by the girl you wanted, you know, like all that stuff is going yeah. on. Like, let's say life is a little hard. Okay. It's a little tough. Yeah. You're, you're going to end up using something that is good for you, that mm -hmm. you think is good for you. Because when life was good, that was giving you more pleasure. Yeah. And you might turn to it for a moment of pleasure. Yeah. And what it's going to end up becoming is your only coping mechanism. It, it will become a certain coping mechanism. And I'm not saying everyone will go into it. But a lot of people who um, face like uh, drug problems or who are um, addicts or, you know, who have to go to recovery programs, right, yeah. for drinking and for different things is because they ended up relying on it. Yep. So that's not a really religious perspective, but that is a fifth method as to um, how you can kind of understand this is not something that is meant for me in a positive way. Yeah no matter how much temporary pleasure it brings. Man, I, I totally skipped on the whole like psychology aspect that you brought in. Okay. Th yeah. Thanks professor. Loha. That was, yeah, that was good. yeah. No, I no, no, no. That, that was, that was, that's really insightful. Cause I think like, I think we often forget like addiction is a thing. Addiction yeah. is a thing. Like, a thing. like if you, if you start using bad things in good times, like when bad, when bad times happen, you'll think you'll associate the, the bad thing with the good times. Yeah. So now like we've kind of gone through the entire, like, idea of like yeah. what we've gone through and like what, um, the mechanisms that we use to, stay on the right path inshallah exactly and um you don't want to keep this podcast going too long so we're going to kind of wrap this up around this point we've kind of consolidated this into four main things yep and there's other subdivisions within this which is what exactly what we talked about throughout this podcast um but the first thing um on how to give yourself strength to stay away from you know drinking smoking or maybe any other sin that you yeah any sin any sin that you've identified in your life and maybe something that you want to move away from right yeah there's, we've considered um, four different mechanisms that we personally use. The yeah. first is dealing with spirituality, mm -hmm. right? So that's yeah. like all about um, strengthening your connection with God so that you can give yourself the strength on an individual sense when no one else is watching. Understanding the reason why you're doing what you're doing and like understanding the Quran and the Hadith behind it, behind that, it's going to be a source of major strength and it's been a source of major strength in my life. And I think that's kind of what we want to go off of is that like understanding why you do the thing that you're doing is going to, is going to help you better stay away from whatever you want to do. Yeah. Understanding it and implementing it. Implementing. Right? Absolutely. Um, implementation through prayer, zakat or any of the other methods that mm -hmm. um, are laid out for us. And then we consider the second way is a way if a solution on this dunya, right? Yes. Is to surround yourself with the people who are going to help you. Yeah. As well as go to places and exist in places and spend your time in places, mm -hmm. which are also going to help you. Yeah. So, people that you, that you hang out with define who you are. So if you hang out with better people, you'll lead a better life and you'll have an easier time staying on South Muslim, the straight path. So, so your surroundings. Yeah, right? your surroundings. Your surroundings. Okay. And then the third thing um, we decided to consolidate and um, think about was the scientific approach, right? Yeah. Of how these things are scientifically known to degrade your health mm -hmm. and your mental health and physical, physical health <laughs> and whatever, whether it be cigarettes damaging your lungs or your liver. Um, Oh, actually, no. Alcohol damages your liver. Cigarettes damages your lungs. There we go. 
This is why he's a quantitative <laughs> bio major and I'm a CS major. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we talked about the scientific version of it. And that's something, you know, whether you're religious, or not religious, you kind of have to disagree on now because we have so much scientific evidence yeah. backing that now. Even the non-religious people, that's why they cut down on drinking. That's why there's like Alcoholics Anonymous. Like we see that even the non-Muslims are trying to stay away from these things. And we not only have like our own bodies to look after for ourselves, but also for the spiritual aspect and understand and just being Muslim that we shouldn't be doing this. So we have our, our reasons are twofold for not doing this. Yeah. Things. So that's another way to strengthen it. So those three, you can combine together and use yeah. all of the mechanism. Um, and the fourth thing is a psychological aspect, addiction, addiction like and how you can get hooked onto it and how something that may be pleasurable now could become possibly the worst danger for you later on. And that would bleed over into the other three areas as well, exactly. leaving it harder for you to maintain that connection and spiritual connection with um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so that psychological aspect is something to be, like, you know, in my opinion, a little bit scared of. Like that's something very scary. when you lose control, it's so hard to gain that control back. For real. And um, there's so many like stories, and I'm sure you guys have heard stories <laughs> from like your family or your friends about people yeah. going down that drain. So, um, yeah. So by combining those four ways, um, you can improve your quality of life. You can help yourself stay away from certain sins. And honestly, when you start doing it with the smaller things in life, when you start like implementing it in all four areas, you, you need all four areas. It's very yeah. hard to do, just use one of those specific For things sure. to stay away yeah. from a sin. Then you make your life easier. And exactly. over time, things compound. And it becomes easier and easier to do these things and you free up more mental space for yourself to improve in other ways. Inshallah. Yeah, right? that's the goal for all of us. Yeah. So it's a day by day thing. Like it's not going to happen overnight. Yeah. You're not going to do it exactly. in one night. I think, I think that's, that's the one thing that we all have to understand. It's nothing, none of this is going to happen overnight. This is a process. We all have to work towards it every single day using the mechanisms that we put forth and even any other mechanisms that you all have using all these things and just taking it day by day. Yeah. That's what, that, that, that's the whole goal of anything that we do. I think that's a great place to end it too. Like just day by day. Day by day. Whether you're a high school student, whether you're a college student, you're going to get through it day by day. It's yeah. the same as why you go to school. You're going to get through it. Never, never think that there's no path out. There's, there's no way out. That There's no way to, that Allah is not going to forgive you. We, we always talked about that in this podcast yeah. today too, but yeah, it's there's always going to be a way you're out. You're not going to hit perfection either. Like yeah. even when we leave this earth, we're not going to be perfect. Yeah. There perfection are, just doesn't exist. Anas, the people, we are people. Anas literally means the person who sins. So yeah. we we are inherently imperfect, but that doesn't mean we stop trying. That doesn't mean that we put a block on ourselves to the point where we're like, oh, I'm always going to sin. What's one more sin? Yeah. Understand that like our progress, our effort is what Allah is going to judge us on. Yeah. And inshallah, we'll all make it to Jannah. Inshallah. Inshallah. All right. Cool. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate y'all. Yeah. Assalamu alaikum. That's about it. <laughs> Hope you have a good one. See you next time. See ya.